what's up, y'all? I am Chris Chouse, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. I am fabulous tonight, man. Hope you guys are as well. I am joined by my guy again tonight, Mr. Jake Hubman. What's going on, buddy? Dude, two weeks in a row, I feel I feel like I've kind of locked this job down. I kind of, I'm feeling good about it. Oh man, you can't can't get rid of you now, man. <laughs> this is the problem now we have. We can't get. Rid I know of you. now. Now I'm kind of like a squatter. <laughs> I'm a squatter now. I've just, I've claimed it. I'm just like, I'm, t- I'm just going to sit here. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool, man. You know, the seat's warm. It's good, right? It's good. You know, I want to start off. <laughs> it's not warm because somebody else been sitting in it. You no, know, I know. It's just warm. It's just warm. It's good. <laughs> it's just warm. Yo, I know you're into the Dogecoin, man. Let's talk about this real quick. Yes. Because the Mr. Dogecoin, this everyone, I don't know if you guys know that it's a Bitcoin that was created as a joke and uh, guys like Elon Musk and uh, Mark Cuban were talking it up and all of a sudden it started skyrocketing up and everyone who bought the pennies on the dollar now all of a sudden are sitting at a, it's been flying up and down. But right now I think, you know, what did I see? Top level, it was like 60 cents and then now it's back down under 50. Man, you're into this thing, man. Tell the people how much Dogecoin is giving you gray hair right now. Um. Well, here's the deal. You're, you're 100% right. I am like, I'm loving it because it, it, it's like a roller coaster ride daily. Like I just checked it when you brought it up and it's totally tanking right now, which, mm-hmm. okay, that's fine. But here's the deal with it. You only put in what you're prepared to lose. If you have, if, if you're trying to maybe be a millionaire here, you're, you're going about it the wrong way. Cause like you said, this thing is up and down uh, on a daily basis, but it's super fun. It's super cheap. I bought it when it was like four cents. Mm-hmm. I bought thousands of them. So now to, to see it, you know decent right i think it actually hit like 70 72 cents at one point uh, i'm holding I'm, I'm holding strong i'm not selling off my dogecoin because a lot of things are happening like you said elon musk mm. uh, he's he talks about it and the thing skyrockets they're they're sending a rocket to the moon next year with a doge logo on it really? it's being added to coinbase in the next what six weeks or so yeah. mark cuban's talking about it i mean come on it just it's just something fun uh, to, to, you know, to invest in it. Like I said, as long as it's nothing that you can't afford to lose, because if I lose it, it goes to zero. Does it suck? Yeah. But it's not going to kill us here as a family either. So I put like three mortgages on my house into Dodge or Dodge. That's a problem. Is it a problem? Am I, you am don't I... even know how to pronounce it. Yeah. See, I'm screwed, man. <laughs> You're totally screwed. Like you, you may want to sell. <laughs> uh, you know how that's going to be a tough conversation with the wife, man. I get it. Yeah. You know? Don't, don't, <laughs> hopefully she doesn't listen because she does not want to know that she's about to lose her house because yeah. Dogecoin decides to tank. Yeah. Yeah. You know, going to be, uh, <laughs> Hey baby, Saturday evening, we're going to be out front in the store with a cup in our hand. This is what we're going to do. Yep. Yeah. Good <laughs> Jingle it for us. Good, yeah. Good. Lord. <laughs> put the kid, put the kids out front. People yeah, feel bad for the kids. <laughs> Yeah, man, kids always can make earn, earn more money, man. Look how cute that kid is. Oh, yeah. Give me some coins. Exactly. But I digress. I digress. Let's talk some football, baby. We have a few headlines, a couple signings. I mean, nothing crazy. I mean, Mr. It's Mark, that time of year. It is. I mean, you know, you're struggling to see. And you know what it is? It's kind of funny. I, I mean, the salary cap to me is what kind of made this happen. So the the, the lack of funds that's why we still see a lot of big names and there's a lot of big defensive guys on there still, but uh, Marquise Lee, he signs with the 49ers. I'm struggling with this one. I just, I wanted to talk about it quickly. We don't want to spend a lot of time on it. I just want to see, you know, what is his relevance on this team outside of being depth and maybe an injury fill in, right? I mean, honestly, it wouldn't even surprise me if he's not on the roster come start of the season. Like, 
I mean, I, I remember a few years ago in Jacksonville, he put up some big numbers, and you're like, hey, this guy isn't bad. Then he struggled with injuries. Going to San Francisco, I mean, we know the running game is going to be somewhat involved. It's going to be a mixture of 42 running backs, but they're going to run the ball. Mm-hmm. They already have Debo. They have Brandon Ayuk. They have George Kittle back. They say they're going to start Jimmy G. Can Jimmy G supply another wide receiver, make him fantasy viable? No, I don't really care who it is. Mm-hmm. So even if they go to Trey Lance, I think that just you know, it's going to be one of those things where, yeah, he may have a week where he gets a 40-yard touchdown and everybody rushes to the waiver wire to grab him. And he comes out the next week and has zero targets. So he's just not somebody who I feel has any value as of right now. I would much rather... Uh, you know, get those the, the Ayukes, the Samuels, you know, the Kittles before I would even think about uh, I, unless you're totally desperate. Now, you have to be like a next level desperate. If you're rushing to your dynasty waiver wire to add Marquise Lee, you have already lost. So <laughs> don't even don't even try going any further. Yeah, man, I agree. I, I'd rather have someone like Richie James, for God's sakes, over yeah. Mr., Mr. Lee at this point. I think it's a waste lost cause. I mean, no disrespect to the man whatsoever. I did see one that was kind of funny, man. Mr. Kelvin Benjamin. He goes back. He gets signed to the New York Giants as a tight end. What is going on, man? Okay, Jake, man, there's hope for us yet, man. We can still make it in the NFL as a tight Dude. end, man. Tebow broke the seal, right? <laughs> Tebow broke the seal that everybody wants to be a tight end. Yeah. Now, I remember a while back, I don't remember who said it at this point, but somebody said that he was like one chicken biscuit away from being a tight end because he was he was packing on the pounds or whatever that was it was. Booger. Booger on Monday. Yeah, night, it was man. Booger. That's right. It was Booger. Booger actually probably the best thing Booger has ever said. Because let's be ever. honest, Booger doesn't say very many good things. Um, and he, I mean, it is. I mean, he was bulking up, I guess you could say, as a wide receiver. Going to New York. I mean, they have Evan Ingram. They have Kyle Rudolph. Evan Ingram can't catch the ball. Like, his hands are made up with, like, oven mitts or bricks. I mean, he just he's not good when it comes to catching, um, which is a weird thing for a tight end to have. But Kyle Rudolph is fairly reliable. Mm. He's a red zone threat, uh, kind of. But they got Kenny Galladay. They got 54 other wide receivers there. Kelvin Benjamin going there, I mean – I don't even know if the dude could run down the field at this point. I, I, it's, it's I, I'm not that excited about it. I'm not either. And I mean, Booger's comment. I mean, that's a hall of fame comment by him for sure. I mean, I don't understand it. I, okay. This has to be camp body. I mean, that's all it is to me. They're filling in the roster spots, practice squad players. They don't, maybe this is part of the, the CBA and how they don't get their guys injured. I mean, maybe this is part of it, but I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought it was kind of funny. I have a name for you before you go to the next one. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to put you on the spot. Go ahead. Because it's a member of the Buffalo Bills. And I I was doing, I'm doing a, a, a dynasty startup draft right now. And it's like a deep draft. I'm talking, we're like in around like 30 something. So, I mean, the, the pickings are slim, Mm. but do you know who, who is on the, the practice squad for the Buffalo Bills at the running back position? Christian Wade. Okay. There's also Devonta Freeman. What? What? He is in Buffalo on the practice squad. Since so I have no idea, but all of a sudden it's, it's there. And I'm just like, I'm thinking like, what happened to this dude? Like, mm. I understand he struggled with concussions and he's a violent runner and he just got banged up, but he's not bad. I, I personally think that he can't be any worse than Devin Singletary and Zach Moss were last year. Now we've seen some pictures here this off season though, of Devin Singletary Ouch, and the dude hurt. The dude looked. The dude looked jacked. Now, whether they utilize him or not, it's a different story. But I just saw Devonta Freeman on the practice squad of the Buffalo Bills, and I was, 
I was a little curious to know if you even knew that. And, and what are your wow. thoughts on that? Wow. I am shamed, man. I did not realize that he was on my practice squad. You got me, man. You got me. Wow, man. That, let me digest that for a second, because that's very interesting to me. I mean, okay. Maybe, you know what it is though, because they have, what do you have now for roster spot? You have 90 players. I believe you can hold plus I think a 10 still on the practice squad. I mean, see, this tells me everything about the Buffalo bills and their confusion in their own running back room, because yeah, okay. You got Matt Breida. So now you're just trying to pile on as many people as you can to cover your bases. Do I ever feel like Freeman is going to see the field in Buffalo? I doubt it because you see, you know, the trio you have there with Breida Moss and Singletary, I wanted, this is why I wanted Travis at the end. I mean, if you guys watch the live stream, this is why I was trying so hard, man. We needed that one running back who you can count on week in, week out. And I mean, I, I don't know. I, you know, okay. Safety net. You're putting Freeman on your, on your practice squad, just in case you have a camp injury. Is he better than, than Singletary and Moss, man? You just disrespected my whole running back room, man. Dude. <laughs> Their own team disrespects their own running back room at this point. It's not just me. Okay. It's just, it's just, it was just kind of crazy to, I, I I guess I, nobody talks about him anymore. And I know he didn't do much in New York. I mean, I I understand he's not what he was. What was five years ago? He was like the overall running back one, Mm -hmm. but it just seemed like he had a Todd Gurley fall off in his career. And Buffalo could use, I think a, a better starting running back, not saying that he is, it was just interesting to see that he was there. I think it's crazy that his fall off was that drastic, man. I mean, we're talking about Todd Gurley in that same realm, man. I mean, how can you? I don't know. I, 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 I maybe you know the concussions and that you know maybe he had just too many uh, carries on his on his tires and and they just popped. I mean, there's no no refilling them. <laughs> you want to feel really bad about it? Oh, I mean, it's okay because I didn't know this either. So oh. full disclosure, I'm not saying that you were any less sure. smart than me. <laughs> Uh, this happened four months ago. What? <laughs> See, man, he was I, signed four months ago to the practice squad. Oh, maybe I do remember that. I'm trying to remember. I think I did see that. And just kind I of don't remember four months ago. I remember I, last I, week. Yeah, it's true. I don't remember what I ate this evening, but I mean, no, maybe I did see it. Maybe I just shrugged it off. Like whatever. Maybe. It's, it's going to be a nothing, no deal anyway, but wow. Yeah. Speaking of Travis Etienne, man. So here's the Uh-oh. thing. Yeah. Oh, is right, man. They're, they're, I don't like what's going on. I don't like what's going on. I said, especially on Twitter, Twitter bugs me today. And, and, and it bugged me the last couple of days with this. Okay. Because urban Meyer is sitting there saying we're going to be using Travis Etienne as a wide receiver during rookie mini camps. And everyone goes up in arms. You know, how Twitter is man. If you guys are on Twitter, mm-hmm. you guys understand this. They're all up in arms. Oh, this is going to be great. You know, Robinson lives and, Okay, we have no idea what Urban Meyer has up his sleeve at this point. What he is doing, in my opinion, is he is just trying to set up the schemes to how they will utilize him in the pass game. They want to see if it will work, man. And what does it do? It brings headlines to everyone that he is playing wide receiver. Let me, I put a tweet out today and it said correctly. Etienne had 70 touchdowns, seven zero rushing touchdowns to only eight receiving touchdowns. He is a running back, man. There is mm-hmm. no wide receiver conversion, people. Just understand that. Just wanted to put that out there. You don't draft a running back in the first round that is that successful in college football and then immediately in rookie camp convert him to a wide receiver. It's like, come on. Just at some point, people have to use common sense. I understand that the the clickbait is out there and people are desperate for clicks this time of year. I understand. Trust me, 
we in the business. You know what I mean? But I'm, I ain't trying to go out there and, and sell something stupid either. Do I think that they line them up in the slot at times, put them in motion? Yeah, absolutely. 100% they're going to at times. Is that going to be his sole role? No. Maybe to start the year. Maybe they want to, you know, ease him in slow. They do use a, a, a dual backfield there with James Robinson. James Robinson getting the bulk of the early down work. ETN more third downs, you know, you know, spelling Robinson from time to time. But, I mean, come on. Eventually, he's going to be the guy in this backfield. That's what he was drafted for. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I think they're kind of just kicking the tires on all different aspects to see what they have. And there's no better time to do that than right now during rookie camp. I mean, they didn't have that opportunity last year with a lot of those guys. You know what I mean? So now they have it. Urban Meyer's going out there. He's saying, hey, what can this kid do? What can he not do? Mm-hmm. So that when September comes around, the, the game plans and the schemes are already built. They're not trying to figure it out then. Agreed. I agree wholeheartedly. And here's the thing. you you As you talked, like, it came into my mind. Remember how we were discussing Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt so much to say they can coexist together in the same backfield. And it's come to fruition for multiple seasons now. So here's the thing. Do I believe that it can be the exact same situation in Jacksonville? Yes, I do. And it's it's funny. People will say, well, you're, you're pushing a little early. And it, I am. Okay, I am being a little ambitious here. But I do believe that okay you have it's like a thunder to lightning it's almost identical type of situation okay i'm not going to compare james robinson to nick chubb that's not what i'm trying to do but i'm trying to say systematically this is kind of what you're looking at and what you're trying to replicate it's no different than the alvin Kamara, mark ingram in new orleans i mean it's exactly the same type of situation what you're trying to do even though james robinson could catch so did mark ingram right but now what you're doing is you're very multi-dimensional and even if they go 50 50 split backfield i think they both can coexist fantasy football wise anyway in my opinion even in year one it may take it about six uh seven weeks before we see it really explode but i think the opportunities are there i think 100 i think cleveland even new orleans a few years ago but cleveland current day now has shown that it can happen but what did cleveland do to allow that to happen well a they invested offensive line they invested on the defensive side of the football they took the pressure off of baker mayfield allowed them to run the ball a lot, like 30 plus times a game. They want those late game leads so they can pound the rock. That's where I, that's where I worry about the Jacksonville side of things because their defense isn't elite. Their offensive line isn't elite, but I think over the, the coming years, they can build it that way. Does urban Meyer draft Trevor Lawrence and turn this into a run heavy offense? I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't think so, but could it happen? Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Two running backs can coexist in, in one offense. We see it. It just the team has to be dedicated to it. And what do we have to base it off of with Urban Meyer? What he was in Florida, what he was at Ohio State. I mean, what do we have now? You know, I mean, there's just so many what ifs that until we see what happens week one and how they're utilized, I don't know if anybody on planet Earth outside of that coaching staff has any idea how that backfield's going to be utilized because they could do so many different things with it. And they got great wide receiving options. DJ Chark, Marvin Jones Jr. I mean, they have options, you know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I personally don't see it happening year one, but I think it's something that could happen in the next two to three, but they have to invest in the offensive line because it's not, it's not anywhere near the level of Cleveland right now. I mean, I'll probably put Cleveland towards the top of the offensive line rankings in the entire NFL. They are stacked. Plus, their defense just gets better and better every offseason. Man, speaking of Cleveland's defense, I get full chub every time I even look at that, and I'm not even a fan of that team. Dude. 
on paper, that defense to me is just ridiculous. And they made all the right moves. And if it literally, it is Super Bowl or bust in Cleveland for y'all, man. If you, if you guys don't go, I mean, if you lose the Super Bowl, fine. But if you don't go to the Super Bowl, I mean, good Lord almighty. I don't know what else you need to do. Then, then all the fingers are going to be pointing on Baker Mayfield, right? They got to be. They have to be, but I... <laughs> Yeah, they. I mean, they have to be. The problem is, is the division they're in. Sure. They don't have a cakewalk like a lot of other teams do. Like nothing against the Bills, but last year that division was a piece of cake for Buffalo. Yep. You know, I mean, they didn't have to work at it. Uh, this year, like with Cleveland and Baltimore and Pittsburgh, even Cincinnati's going to be better this year. I mean, we just got word that Joe Burrow is oh. is going to be good to go to start the year. So, I mean, that is that is a tough division and it's going to be hard if they come out of that division with 10 plus wins and make it to the playoffs they are going to be difficult to beat, but they're going to have some tough competition in order to make it to the Super Bowl. It's not so much that I think that they're lacking. I don't know if they have the consistent offensive firepower to where if their defense ever lets them down, if their defense has a down game, I don't know if they can hang with some of these other teams, these high powered offenses, even like a Kansas city, if their defense has an off day, they're so reliant on that in the run game that, I mean, heck, they got Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, Austin Hooper. I mean, weapons all over the place. Rashard Higgins is back. So then and, you answer my question right there. You you basically answer it. So everything is square on Baker's back at this point. He has to prove that he can take his game to the next level. I mean, I mean, can we say he already has? I don't know if I can. I really don't. I mean, I think, I think you can, but only for the reason – because he had more taken away from him. Sure. Like, I think when we saw him struggle in Cleveland, it's because they said, here you go. Here's the franchise. It's all on you. And when he has all that pressure, he didn't perform. With Kevin Stefanski in, in Cleveland, it, it took that pressure off him because now it's a run-first offense built around the defense. Mm-hmm. And now Baker doesn't have to go out 40 times a game and try to win it himself. Like He's got to throw it you know, 18 to 20 times a week. He's got to limit turnovers. He's got to be a game manager. He has to be Trent Dilfer from like 20 years ago. Like he just has to make sure that he doesn't screw up. And overall it makes his numbers look better because he's a heck of a lot more efficient, right? He's not out there throwing interceptions all over the place. The touchdown totals are down because they're running a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what Baker is Baker being a number one draft pick coming in. I think the expectations, even for myself were, were too high especially once he got Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and everybody else, you're like, Oh man, this guy's going to explode. It's, it's not his game. I I don't think he'll ever be that guy. He's never going to be a Patrick Mahomes. He's never going to be a Justin Herbert. He's never going to be a Josh Allen. He, he needs to go out there and be a Ryan Tannehill. You know I mean? Like that's just what he is. And I think as soon as a lot of people understand that and realize that, Hey, maybe he wasn't the number one, you know, top quarterback, I mean, it is what it is. They, they can win games with him under center. So it's kind of like the Kirk Cousins effect. I mean, everyone wants to down Basically. Kirk Cousins, right? I mean, and, and Stefanski made him very good in, in Minnesota. I mean, I, I, I don't get the hate on Kirk Cousins. Okay, yes, he's not clutch, and he doesn't p- produce when you actually need him in the fourth quarter. I completely under, understand that, and I agree. But when it comes to Kirk Cousins' overall statistics – it is going to be very reminiscent to what I believe Baker is going to be in this league. Perhaps it's going to be better because of, uh, I think Baker is a little bit better in the clutch than, than Kirk Cousins ever will be um, or ever has been. Um, but I think, because uh, I mean, his his completion rate in college tells you everything. It was like, what, 74% completion mm-hmm. for Baker. So, I mean, you know he knows where to put the ball. I think, and I agree with you to that extent because it is a run-heavy system in Cleveland. 
but the thing is that makes Baker that much better is the play action pass. If, if, and Kevin Stefanski knows this. And that's why I loved every ounce of it when he got hired on in Cleveland, because you knew he was going to morph that offense into this, this heavy run, heavy play action rollout, give Baker the opportunity to scan the field and, and utilize him that way, because that's what he's good at. And I, and I think any coach that tries to pigeonhole a guy in a place that he doesn't belong, go and look at Bill Belichick and what they've done for the last freaking God knows how long he Mm -hmm. morphs his offenses to what he has each and every year and you're going to see it again this year double tight ends you know big running backs you're going to see a ground and pound in uh, new england even if mac jones gets into play and then you're you're also going to do a play action heavy there as well this is just what i'm trying to you know discuss because this is just so awesome when you see coaches who actually understand how to utilize the talent that they have and when you look at baker's stats just baker alone in his rookie year he started 13 games that season that season, he had uh, 486 pass attempts in 13 games. Last year, he started all 16, so three more games in his rookie year, and had the same amount of attempts, 486 exactly. Mm-hmm. They took that pressure off his plate, and they're not forcing him to go out there and having to be that guy. Because of that, he had heck, he even had 200 less yards in three, three extra games but still had 26 touchdowns, which is only one less than what he had before. So, And his I mean, interceptions went down. Yeah, I mean, he only had eight interceptions on the entire year. I mean, that's not bad. To have a quarterback throw 26 touchdowns to eight interceptions in a run-heavy offense, uh, I'm pretty sure we would take that like any day of the week. That's not bad. He's just not going to be a guy that's going to go throw for 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns. It's just not, it's not that offense. It's not him, but I'm okay with 3,500 yards, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and 11 wins at the end of the season? I'm, I don't hate that whatsoever. I think I think he's a lot better now as long as you value him for what he is now and not what you expected him to be three years ago. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, I think the writing is on the wall and how Cleveland is going to win this division, how they're going to anchor themselves to go be a Super Bowl contender. I, I like it. I, I'm not a Cleveland fan by any stretch. but You I, should be. I, I should be. <laughs> I should be, but I mean, I'm rooting for them, man. I mean, outside of Buffalo purgatory we've been in, I mean, Cleveland's the same. They deserve, mm-hmm. a, they deserve a winning organization. It's about damn time. New York Giants, let's talk minicamp, man. Minicamps are happening. Rookie minicamps are going on. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm watching as many highlights as possible. I'm watching these interviews. I'm loving every ounce of it. And here we go with the Giants. A couple things with the New York Giants. Kadarius Tony, they're mostly utilizing him in the slot and 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 kind of lined up, uh, you know, backfield slot presence. What the hell did you bring this guy in for? I'm, I'm I'm still baffled with this pick because that's kind of what Saquon did. So so now we start talking about Saquon to Kadarius Tony. If 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 this is how it's gonna be used, because maybe I was a little disrespectful on Tony because I said, you know, in, in his role in this offense, because of the receiving talent they do have, it's going to end up being a gadget player, AKA the Tavon Austin's. And I think, okay, maybe that's a little disrespectful because I, I believe that Tony is a lot better than Austin was, but I mean, what does this do for uh, Barkley? Like uh, this is my confusion because you're always going upside PPR wise for Barkley, but now Tony's going to come in and you're going to do kind of those half jet sweeps and they're going to turn into Tyreek Hill passes. I mean, that's going to take a lot of PPR from, from Barkley, man. It, it is. Well, it could. It could First be. off though, Kadarius Tony looks like he's 46 years old. I mean, dude, <laughs> what the hell? I saw a picture this week and I was like, that dude is like 45. Like yeah, he, bad, he did not look genes. like, yeah, he did not look like a kid. Um, 
and yeah, I, I I don't know what they want to do with him. I mean, obviously they 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 picture him as a Tyreek Hill esque type player, but it, it's just I don't see it working in that type of offense because. All you're doing is taking away production from one player to give to another. You're not adding any production to your offense. Like if they didn't, if that's what their plan is, cool. Your yardage isn't going to change much because the same explosiveness from Kadarius Tony could be there for Saquon Barkley as well. So you're not adding anything. They're just eating into the, each other's same production. And then you put more pressure on the back of Daniel Jones. I mean, how do we even know that this kid can take that step forward? And if he doesn't, it, the whole thing is, is, you know, for nothing. So you've brought in Kenny Galladay and John Ross, and you still have Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph. And now you got Kelvin Benjamin. You're welcome. You know what I mean? So it, so many options. If Daniel Jones struggles, how is he going to handle having four, five, six options every single time he drops back? If the dude has FOBO at all, he's going to get sacked a lot because he's going to be holding the ball way too long. So I think that they surrounded him with too many weapons. I think they had, they stuck with, with Kenny Galladay brought him in and been like, all right, cool. We're going to roll with him. We got Saquon coming back healthy. I think that's an actual better overall offense than by just throwing more and more pieces at it. God, I love that point, man. It's so on point because what are you trying to do for a guy who cannot, number one, hold on to the ball, who fumbles it like crazy, Daniel Jones, but he is completely inconsistent the thing is about Jones is that he can make all the throws. We've seen him make all the throws. It's just never consistent, and he turns the ball over. Yep. I agree wholeheartedly. You should have simplified, not added. And, and when you're adding, now the pressure is that you're having to force feed certain players that you're not just you're, – you're just force feeding them. You're not seeing and giving or taking what the defense has given you. I agree. I think I, I'm, I'm so baffled still by this. Even as I watch rookie minicamp, I'm like, yeah, he's a cool piece to have on your team. But I mean, I would say Tony would fit in better with like the Cowboys uh, the, or even the, the Washington football team over mm-hmm. the over the uh, New York Giants. And in, in my in my opinion, I, and I this still, isn't it. It's not a team that was lacking speed on offense not before the draft. I mean, I, I didn't think Darius Slayton was a bad deep threat. We saw him and Daniel Jones have some good chemistry at times. Uh, they went out and added John Ross. I mean, everybody wanted to talk about John Ross forever just because of his 40 time, like right. four two nine or whatever it was. The guy hasn't even been on the field yet, and you're already trying to draft somebody else who's just as fast. You don't even know if you can utilize the one guy that you already went out and got. Like, John Ross isn't some aging vet here. He's a guy that, for a, a brief moment in Cincinnati, showed that he could actually produce on the football field. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to see it for very long. But – if that guy is what a lot of people thought he was a few years ago, given that opportunity, having John Ross, Kenny Galladay, and Darius Slayton in the slot with Saquon Barkley in the backfield, I take that all day long. I'm not taking anything away from Kadarius Tony, but that pick, in my opinion, should have gone somewhere else to help a different area to really make that, you know, whether it be offensive line or whatever it is, just to make sure that Daniel Jones is more protected to give that kid an opportunity to be successful. Agreed. I, I, I just, I'm baffled at the logic in it. Unless you're moving on from two of your wide receivers, you sign Galladay, maybe it's Shepard and Slayton, but you just drafted Slayton. So that's out of the question too. I mean, I don't get it. I I'm, I'm just completely baffled. New York fans. I'm sorry for your loss. Cause can I we piss off some it. Eagles fans now? Let's do that. Did you see the video of Devonta Smith, Devonte Smith, that drop in that drill that he was doing? No. I so that. it is a stupid looking drill. Honestly, I've never seen it in watching football for 25 years. It was stupid and, and it went right through him. But what I took away from the video was not the drop because a lot of people want to say, Oh, 
here comes all the people saying he's overrated now. And that's not what the point of this comment is. To me, watching that, dude, it was like 20 seconds. It may have been 15, less. I mean, it was super, super quick. The dude is as big around as the pen that I'm holding. I mean, yeah. the, the, the water boy or the ball boy that was standing next to him has bigger calf muscles than he does. I mean, the guy is just super skinny. Right. It looks weird that he's wearing number six as a pass catcher, mm-hmm. which is not his fault, really. But it, it's like he wasn't even going 100%. And that's what I take away the most is you're a rookie in rookie camp and you're already dogging it somewhat like that. That you did not run that that drill at 100%. I don't care about the drop. The drops are going to happen for every single person, but it looked lazy. It looked like there was the effort just wasn't there. And that's the part that's like, oh, oh, do we have a little diva ish in here where he thinks that he's coming in as the Heisman winning wide receiver and, and, and he can't do no wrong? And that's where I hope that that's not the case because I'm already coming in the draft was not a Devonte Smith truther in the NFL. Cause I really don't think that his game translates that well to where he has that type of production, but to see, see a, a lack of effort this early in, in minicamp, uh, that's a red flag for me. Interesting stuff because I did see the ones where he was going, uh, they had the dummy in the middle. He would fade around the dummy, go to the sideline, and then they would throw over the shoulder. And I agree with you. He's going at half speed on all these drills. I, I mean, we've we've seen guys like uh, Jalen Waddle, even Bateman. They're they're man, they're kicking up grass when they're cutting yep. right. So that's when you know they're going hard. I thought Waddle was gonna rip his freaking ACL on that one cut Dude. that he did. You know which one I'm talking about. He like yep. stopped on a dime, and I'm like, Jesus, Waddle, take it easy, man. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a rookie camp man but i mean i agree with you i from what i've seen so far with uh with smith i mean he made the catch that i saw and i was like the interesting part of him was his hands are so or his arms are so long his body doesn't even move he just literally extended it was all arms extended and the ball landed in his arms but I mean, I, I I didn't even catch that point, and I didn't see this last highlight you're talking about. But I'm definitely gonna go look back at that because I agree. I think if you're docking it already, and this is it, man, oh man, it's like your shit doesn't stink, man. Like what? Are yeah, you I doing? mean, and I get it. Like I said, and and maybe they're telling these guys to not run a hundred percent. I, I want to make sure that I I put it out there because I'm not trying to just say it. it's just. I have that weird feeling that he is literally going to be Deshaun Jackson. Like I just have that feeling. He's just going to be big play or bust. Like that's it. If he doesn't get a 60 yard touchdown, you may not hear from him from him in four quarters. And maybe he proves me wrong and maybe I'm completely wrong and that's cool. But when it comes to this draft class, I was not, I, I'll give me Jalen Waddle. Give me Jamar chase, you know, give me these guys, even Rashad Bateman, <laughs> I hate that he went to Baltimore, but the guy in camp is just, he looks, he just looks different. Like he doesn't, he doesn't look like a rookie. You know I mean? He looks like yeah. a seasoned vet out there that is going out there and proving a point and he's huge and great shape. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. Interesting stuff, man. Rookie camp gets everything going and I love it. And I'm going to back a little bit of lion's love right now because you know, Kyle, this one's for you, buddy, because the lion's, they're very interesting to me right now because, you know, let's just let's just stick to it from the fantasy football perspective, because I was thinking about this a lot today as I, as I saw this comment come up on the headlines. And it's 
Amon Ross St. Brown. So he's lining up in the slot. He's lining up outside. You got Quintus Cephas. They're pumping him up too. And now all of a sudden I'm sitting here thinking about this. I said, okay, they're, they're young, talented wide receivers. The defense is God awful in Detroit. I'm sorry. It's, it's horrible, horrific. And you guys are going to struggle for the entire season again. But what I'm, what I'm saying here is, okay, you upped your offensive line. You have a good running back room. Now you have young, talented wide receivers with a guy named Jared Goff who was able, okay, say whatever you want about Jared Goff, but he was able to support his receivers in Los Angeles for majority of his stay. Now he comes to Detroit. I get it. Everything changes. Everything is contingent on the scheme, the system, and how they're going to be efficient with it. I get it. But man, St. Brown and Quintus Cephas to me, because they're going to be playing garbage time so many times. This is some sneaky flex play for me, and I'm all in for it. So, I mean, what are you thinking about that? I don't mind it. It was like last rounds of drafts. But here's the problem. I don't trust Detroit to not screw it up. <laughs> like, that's the biggest thing. At this point, I have no faith in Detroit. I just figure like, if there's an option they're going to make, they're going to pick the wrong one. Like, that's just what happens in Detroit. And, and you, even if you look at their current depth chart, we're talking about Quintez Cephas, and we're talking about Amon St. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, they're not even listed as their starters. So you got Tyrell Williams, uh, Brashad uh, Perryman, and Khalif Raymond. Like, okay. Uh, I mean – Rashad Perryman was cool in Tampa Bay with Jameis for a little bit. Uh, Tyrell Williams used to catch touchdowns from Phillip Rivers. Maybe caught a couple there in in Oakland with the Raiders. Uh, Khalif Raymond, no, I don't think he's done jack crap in the NFL like ever. Uh, I mean, I could see them just doing something stupid. They went out and they signed Perryman, they signed Williams, and they're not even going to give the young kids a shot because they went out and paid money for these guys. And I don't think that's the right way because I I agree that the younger aspect of this team – is the better aspect of the team, but I just don't, I don't know if I can trust the front office or the coaching staff to, to utilize. That's why I'm, I'm worried about DeAndre Swift. So many people are just loving DeAndre Swift and it just worries me because I don't trust them to not give him the ball. I mean, uh, going out and getting Jamal Williams. All right, cool. So now you got a, a decent handcuff, but still, I mean, what is your plan for Jamal? You're going to go out there in free agency and pay him all that money to not have him touch the ball. And, and then they, they draft J- uh, Jamar Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, why did you even do that? I mean, <laughs> like, what's going on? And Jefferson's uh, right, man. It's just, it's just so confusing. I, I agree. And that's the whole thing is like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand when you have somebody like DeAndre Swift, who's capable of playing all three downs, you, you're going to add more to take away from him. So you're going to take him off the field at time for Jamal Williams is what you're saying. And I could totally see Detroit doing that and I mean hey it worked for Green Bay Detroit's hopefully maybe Detroit just watched Green Bay games last year like hey it worked for them let's try it for us you know I mean I just don't understand it uh and it it worries me from that aspect now if you if you have nothing to lose it's a last round pick or it's a dynasty Mm -hmm. you know uh redraft or dynasty draft and you just hey I'll take a stab at one of you know on a Mon Ross St. Brown yeah I don't hate it, but I just, I'm not counting on it. Yeah, I get it. And I, I just throw it out there, you know, because yeah, oh, yeah. it's some spice we need. Yeah. I need it's, some, it's the lions. You know, <laughs> it's the lions. I'm trying to add some, you know, Cajun to this meal to, you know, make it a taste a little bit better. And I looks a crappy team. It's not yeah. my fault. Kyle likes the lions. You know, I'm sorry, man. You know, lions fans. I mean, 
damn it, man. You're the only club in the NFL, for God's sakes, who let go of Barry Sanders or made Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson retire early. Like, yeah. that tells you something, man. Yeah, they Figure are. It out. Figure and I get it. it. I get that it's a new coaching staff and stuff there now, but it's just something about that team. It just, it just falls apart. Yeah. It's some, some stigma. I'm a Dorsey guy. So I have faith that he can rebuild this. And if Dorsey can't man, I don't know, man, maybe it's time to just move the team somewhere else. I mean, I look at it this way. Dorsey has done a lot of great things over the past five years or so. Kansas city, Cleveland. I understand. I respect that, Mm -hmm. but he ain't ever had to deal with a Detroit before. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, he dealt with Cleveland, which is pretty bad. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's a whole just, different ball game. Yeah. It's a whole different. He doesn't have the pieces in Detroit that he had anywhere else. I think it's going to take a few years for Detroit to be anything. And, and keeping Jared Goff as your quarterback. I mean, the dude looks like he just ate a fresh box of Crayolas. You know, I mean, he's he's straight up licks windows in, in the locker room. I'm not I'm, I'm worried about uh, I don't know. It's just I'm scared. I'm avoiding the Lions probably. <laughs> Okay, you got me on that one because I don't even know where to go from there anymore. Yeah, I mean, we'll just we'll just move on before this get this gets dangerous. Because my bad. No worries, it's funny. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> Licks windows, man. I'm you put stealing. that on TikTok. I'm stealing. Yeah, man, I'm stealing that one. That's okay. a Reports are coming out of Houston, man, and I'm still confused. This is another one. I mean, this offseason has been quiet, but it's been like the stories that continue to go. Mm-hmm. It, it, man, it makes your hair just fall out, man. Okay, Whoa. now I, I can't afford that. <laughs> Yeah, see, you're at you're at the lost cause anyway. Um, gotta be careful. <laughs> you know, there's no more Rogaine. I mean, I don't know what else to say, man. I mean, what the hell? We haven't heard anything about Deshaun Watson for weeks now. I get it, okay. And and everyone is saying he's try- last I think I saw was like two weeks ago, and that he his camp is trying to settle out of court financially in this deal. But okay, regardless on how this does translate or transpire with Watson and his legal troubles. I'm hearing already today that the the Houston Texans are very comfortable with going with Davis Mills. And here we go again. Tyrod Taylor gets the shaft. This poor bastard comes in and then he gets the shaft again. His only legitimate shot was in Buffalo. And I mean, okay, he was what he was. Then he goes to Cleveland. He, he loses his job to Baker, goes to L.A. He loses the job to Herbert. Now he's going to Houston, and he's going to lose his job again to another rookie because everyone is believing that Watson's going to get at least, what, six to eight to 12 games this year? Like, And then what do we do with Davis Mills? I mean, okay, he's a good quarterback, but, I mean, is he really the next coming that you want? I mean, I don't know what the hell to say. Not on that roster. He's not. Exactly. I mean, it's not like he's throwing to DeAndre Hopkins anymore. You know what I mean? It's, we, we, we talk about he, he's throwing to Brandon Cooks, Andre Roberts, and Randall Cobb, as yeah. of right now, are listed on the top of their depth chart. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't dislike Nico Collins, their draft pick in the draft. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, dude, poor Tyrod. I mean, he's, he's done nothing but handle it like a pro. Like I mean, pro. he has handled it great. But on the inside, you know he's mother effing everybody in the NFL because he has, like you said, he's, he's straight up gotten shafted multiple times in multiple years. And it could – Maybe it's a blessing for him. Maybe. I mean, if you look at it, this is probably the worst situation he ever been in. Like, I mean, he he went to Cleveland. It wasn't great, but he at least he had options. You, know, you go here. This, you're you're setting yourself up for failure here. And if he doesn't perform here, maybe he doesn't get another chance anywhere else unless he's like a temporary feeling for next year's incoming rookies. <laughs> And that's all they're bringing the guy in. Yeah. Hey, man, we're drafting a rookie. Who can we back him? Like, yo, yo, Tyrod, get Tyrod on the phone. <laughs> hey, but. For, for millions of dollars a year, I'll be a, a, a vet backup showing you the ropes. You know, I'd do that too, man. Call me he, up, He's man. still making money. He's making good money, yeah. 
I, I like Tyrod. That's the thing. You know, I, I you know, I, I downed him last year when Herbert you came don't in like and I him. said, Hey, you don't like him. No, I do like him. You don't. You I dogged do. him for like months. T Mobile, man. He is I, my guy. I remember talking about Austin Eckler and every conversation that you would start back with would be like, nah, dude, he's got Tyrod Taylor and Tyrod sucks. Like yeah. that was like your line for yeah, months. Was, you and, did. I was, and I was true. It was, it came to fruition. I was correct as, as anything, but I mean, you know what it is, is because my analysis has to be unbiased. I like Tyrod personally. I, I think he's a good guy. He's a team guy. He's quiet. You know, he doesn't cause a stir and he tries to perform. I said the inadequacy with Tyrod was because he's so damn uh, careful with the ball. He, he doesn't take those chances and that's, that's what's inhibited his game. I mean, he was very exciting with Sammy Watkins with Robert Woods in Buffalo and we, we had a good year and it was fun to watch, but it just like it plateaued, you know, like 20 touchdowns. That's the ceiling for Tyrod. But I mean, really Davis Mills. I mean, I mean, seriously, I've watched enough film on this guy to be like, yeah, he's good. Um, but so is Sam Ellinger. So, I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, there's no, it's just what we talked about before setting somebody up to fail. It's exactly what it would be for Davis Mills. Yeah, I agree. You're better off having David Johnson be your quarterback this year. Who are you kidding, Houston? Who cares? Just throw it. Just, just hike it and throw it up like 500. You remember being on the playground as a kid yeah. and somebody like take the ball and they yeah. throw it way up in the air. They, they get like 200. Whoever caught it got the points and the yeah. first one to 500 wins. Like that's what needs to happen in Houston. That's the because they got no they got no shot at winning. That's the new scoring system for the NFL and Houston games this year. <laughs> Let's go to your Cardinals, man. You don't talk enough about your Cardinals. I want to bring up your Cardinals a little bit. You're coming into this conversation because I'm forcing (laughs) you. Cliff Kingsbury, man, he says, he quotes and says, Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins will line up together this season. I, I am not even a Cardinals fan. I am already needing to change my pants just after reading that comment again because I am so excited for these two. Dude, um, think about it. With those two, and then you have J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones on the defensive line. Good God. I mean, come on. Now, their secondary is hot garbage. I mean, don't get me wrong. Their secondary ain't going to be able to stop. Their secondary is going to be worse than those plastic bags that people are filling up with gas. I mean, it's going to be full of holes. You know I mean? It's bad. They're going to give up a lot of points in Arizona. They're going to have to throw the ball for four quarters every single week, which is fine for fantasy football. And that's what scares me is – I think they're going to be able to be deep, beat deep down the field a lot. And that's, that's somewhat worrisome. I think they're banking on the fact that they're hoping that Chandler Jones and JJ Watt can get to the quarterback before those down the field routes really develop. And that's why they didn't, you know, make more moves in the off season for the secondary, because that's, that's the biggest hole as far as uh, the first two levels of the defense. So, Oh mama, it is, it's going to be exciting because I don't even think Isaiah Simmons was utilized correct last year. I don't think anybody, I think everybody kind of forgot about Isaiah Simmons because of last year and they forgot what he was coming, you know, out of Clemson into the draft. I mean, the kid is, the kid is a beast. And then you, you add in Zayvon Collins and that, that linebacking group is going to be legit. I mean, as of right now, they still have Jordan Hicks and they, they said that he could go out and look for a trade. Uh, what do they get for him? Probably not a whole lot to really make much of a difference in the future, but you never know. Uh, he's, he was a solid linebacker as well, but, the, the youth movement is good. The problem is <laughs> their linebackers are like really their only youth. So <laughs> they're going to struggle other places. They're their wide receiving group with Rondell Moore now. Uh, I like the addition, but they didn't utilize Andy Isabella. So that part kind of – I don't understand. Like if you didn't utilize him, how are you going to use Rondell Moore? Mm. Larry Fitzgerald, is he really going to retire? I mean, everybody thinks he is, but he hasn't officially. 
A.J. Green, what does he have left in the tank? We know about DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. What about the backfield? Can James Conner stay healthy with uh, Chase Edmonds? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants Edmonds to be the guy, but the only reason Edmonds was the guy is because he was in the role that he had last year. You put him as a three-down back, he's going to struggle. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think overall they're going to score some of the most points in the NFL. They're going to be one of the highest-scoring teams out there once again as long as Kyler Murray stays healthy. Uh, it, they're still going to struggle at times because they're going to give up so many points. See, and I, I, I like all that evaluation for your team because first, if we're starting with Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins, they are both very good cover linebackers. And that's, that's the thing that I think was a uh, part of the reason why Arizona went and drafted them. I think it, you could, you could make the argument that Zayvon was overdrafted by a few picks, maybe even like eight ish. But I mean, you're talking about what it was that they're trying to um, uh, alleviate. So like you're saying, their secondary isn't very strong outside of Buda Baker. I mean, you're really going to struggle. But now with if you form Buda with Isaiah Simmons, now Zavin, and you guys are kind of playing this like uh, half man, half zone type of deal where we're OK, you're going to be stretching your, your defensive backs going deep, but at least you can guard pretty much the entire middle of the field. I think that's where Arizona is going to excel on defense uh, and then like you said getting after the quarterback with the rush with uh jones and and, and jj i mean I, I don't hate it i think there's a lot to work with here i think that this definitely puts them in the category that they could be winners of this division but like you're saying they're gonna definitely have to put up a lot of points and when it comes to james connor i think he this is his job i, I really do i think that it, this is his last shake to me to prove at least to me maybe not to nfl clubs that he can be this guy that we all think that he can be i mean injuries was his biggest problem i'm no chase hater i think edmonds is fine but i mean i'm agreeing i don't think he He's a three-down fullback that can do 220-plus receiving game. I, uh, I don't think he can do that. It's just if James Conner is that guy, it actually changes your entire offensive scheme now. You are, if, you, if you make them feared to, to, that you can run the ball outside of Kyler Murray, I mean, my God, the amount of possibilities you have, especially with Rondale Moore going over the middle, you've got to be thinking Cliff Kingsbury would be foolish not to utilize that way, right? Yeah, 100%. And – I mean, I know people are going to come back and say, hey, what about Malcolm Butler? They added Malcolm Butler this year, but they lost Patrick Peterson. And are we really – do you look at Malcolm Butler and do you think of the Super Bowl a few years ago? I mean, like yeah. that's why I think people – like that's how they remember that name. And just because he was a, a great player for the Patriots a few years ago doesn't mean he's that same guy. He lost a step uh, in Tennessee. There's a reason why Tennessee didn't bring him back again either. You know what I mean? So it's – I get it. And he, yeah, he kind of fills a need. He fills the Patrick Peterson, Peterson vacancy, but Peterson was on the decline as well. So it's not like he was elite like he was a few years ago either. So I think they kind of just replaced it. They didn't really upgrade it. They just kind of filled it back in again. Totally agree. Yeah, I agree. I still like the outlook on your Cardinals. I think, you know, the AJ Green thing is very interesting to me. The, I don't know what Christian Kirk is going to be in this offense anymore. I think that's kind Nothing. of the right, the, right? And the writing is on the wall. I mean, Kirk, you, you need to start looking at other homes, man, in the, in the future. And the Isabella thing, I mean, again, same type of deal. I like the Cardinals this year. I'm a big Kyler fan anyway. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you guys. I think that you guys have a very solid squad and it's, Again, it's going to rest on the, on the arm and the, and the rabbit quick feet of Mr. Kyler Murray. And it, it, it's hard, it hurts for them, too, because of the division they're in. I mean, the, the Rams are going to be upgraded. They're going to be better with Matthew Stafford. I'm telling you right now, the Rams are going to be – we already know their defense is stacked with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. And, and, then, and then you add in 
Matthew Stafford with Bobby Trees and, mm. and Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby. I mean, they're they're going to be great. San Francisco, they're young and upcoming, and they can put up some points. Uh, the, the Seattle Seahawks, we're going to count out Russell Wilson. I mean, it, it, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I mean, these are this is a division where you may go eleven and six in this division and not make the playoffs. That's true. It's so true. That's that's scary. I don't like this eleven and six stuff, man. I, that I sounds really, weird, doesn't it? It sounds horribly weird. I don't like it, man. What is the NFL doing, man? My math, uh, my brain just can't compute that math. Right? Yeah, I don't like it. NFL, change yeah. it back. That's right. It's weird. <sighs> we got some remaining free agents to talk about. This is kind of interesting to me. I don't understand why. I, I understand why they're there, but I don't understand. <laughs> it's, it's kind of one of these conundrums, you know. Todd Gurley, where the hell does this man go? Because he's still sitting on his couch. He's icing those knees. And, you know, he's trying to convince everybody that, you know, he's good. And I don't know if he is good. And I, I really struggle to think he's going to find a spot on a roster, man. Think about it. I mean, he was in Atlanta. And now he's not in Atlanta. Atlanta has no running game and they're not even bringing him back yet. Like, what does that tell you? Like as crazy as it is because the guy was okay to start the season. He was heavily reliant on touchdowns, Mm. but he was getting the touchdowns. So it was okay. And then all of a sudden the second half of the year, it's like, he wasn't even a thing anymore. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me if more teams out there are interested in Adrian Peterson than Todd Gurley. So, I mean, I mean, and I understand what you're saying. That just, it's that's just because the unknown. Everybody's like, wait a second. So Atlanta has no starting running back. Uh, there, there's no resemblance of a running game in Atlanta. That's where he was last year. He had ties to Georgia. They didn't even bring him back. Like, I'm not interested. Like, that's just like, okay, if they don't want him, what is what is really wrong? And everybody talks about the knee issues, and I'm sure that is, you know, reason number one, two, three, four, and five mm-hmm. as to why he doesn't have a job right now. But I still find it hard to believe that he is not worthy of being a kind of like what we saw Le'Veon Bell as another guy <laughs> just yep. kind of totally fell off. You know, same exact thing, yep. but like we saw him, he wasn't utilized in Kansas city, but if you, if you put Le'Veon Bell, or you put Todd Gurley on a, on a solid team that, you know, Hey, you're, you're not going to be heavily relied upon. We're going to use you around the goal line. Maybe a few dump off passes here or there. We're not going to give you a lot of touches. I think that he's, Super serviceable still, uh, 100%. I mean, you look at a team like, and I'm not going to say this is just an example. I don't want him in Tampa Bay. But if something like that goes to a Tampa Bay, I mean, yeah. trust me, Tampa Bay's got 54 running backs. This yeah. is just an example. Right. You can see how a, a championship S team could use somebody around the goal. Like, kind of like Tampa Bay did with Leonard Fournette. I mean, yes, here we go, another guy. Yep. Same type of thing that they did with Fournette. Uh, there's another team out there. Think about this. What does What do the Buffalo Bills not have right now they don't i don't think they have a goal line back no they don't tell me tell me why todd Gurley or or one of those guys can't be a goal line back i mean (laughs) you know that's my whole thing is it's gotta be something and it's like Le'Veon bell he's still out there too he's waiting for his phone to ring and i'm okay with that i'd even be okay with buffalo calling up todd Gurley and being like you know after camp if they they're gonna realize and i don't understand the matt Breida thing why the Mm -hmm. hell did you bring in matt Breida? that's that's identical to what you have with singletary and moss anyway so what are you doing? I bring in Todd Gurley, man. Even if he sits on the bench, he is your goal line back. And, and maybe you use him for the playoffs, you know, keep those knees healthy. Yep. I don't hate that one bit, Me man. Neither. You know, and then same with Le'Veon Bell. I wouldn't hate him in Buffalo either for that same purpose. You I come really- in, you pay him the veteran minimum. It's better than them being unemployed. You give him 
80 to 100 touches total all season long. Yep. You rest them the last three, four weeks of the season to make sure they're good for the playoffs because what wins in the playoffs? Good defense and a mm-hmm. solid running game. You have to be able to convert those third and shorts in the playoffs if you're going to win a Super Bowl. I would love – I would much rather prefer having Le'Veon Bell in the backfield than Devin Singletary if I needed to pick up two yards to win a playoff game. Like, that's just kind of how I look at it. And you're not having to make a huge investment on from the NFL perspective. It, it just makes so much sense to me that if I were an NFL GM, like, I, I get it. You're not what you guys used to be, but I'll take that. I'll take those 80 carries a year, and I'll just utilize them when I need it. And, and not have to worry about, you know, oh, God, here we go. It's third and two. We got to make Josh Allen run. Like yeah. we ain't going to give it to Singletary. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and then you're just like putting it. your franchise quarterback in a position to get hurt. So it, it, to me, it just makes too much sense. And I hated every aspect of that in Buffalo last year. Is even when we were leading, we had to throw because nobody mm-hmm. feared the run game. I love it, man. Gurley or Bell, come to Buffalo. What about Duke Johnson? Go. Duke Johnson. This is like the Tyrod Taylor of running backs. This, it really is. This poor bastard, too. He just gets no love, and nobody wants to utilize him the way he should have been. He made highlight reel one-handed catches back in uh, Cleveland. You know, we thought going to Houston was going to give it uh, him, him some stability. Okay, so then here's the question that I have. that I've been literally pondering. Are we always thinking that he's better than what he is, or just does he just not fit anywhere? Like I just I don't understand this at all with with Duke. I think he just fits into crappy situations. He's like one of those guys that just always makes the wrong choice. You know what I mean? And maybe it's not necessarily his fault, sure. but he was in Cleveland at the bad time of being in Cleveland, mm. and then he goes to Houston at the bad time to be in Houston. Like it's just like it's not what it was a few years ago. And I think I still think that he is. It's another one of these guys, right? Is he going to be a three down back? Is he going to be a workhorse? No, no. But in the right situation, uh, I I really like it. Like I I feel like he could fit into a, an offense somewhere and and still be very viable, kind of like Chase Edmonds is in Arizona. Mm. Like he's not utilized to run between the tackles all the time. The reason that Chase Edmonds was scoring fantasy points because he was out there on third and long and getting dump off passes. Or I can't tell you how many Cardinals games I watched where it was third and long and they would just run a draw play to chase Edmonds and he would pick up 15 yards. <laughs> They'd still be short of the first and they would yeah. still punt it, but he picked up 15 yards a rush. I mean, it's just, it just works that way. And Duke Johnson could be that guy in the right type of offense, like uh, Duke Johnson. And this is just off the top of my head to spell CEH in Kansas city. I, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I don't dislike Daryl Williams, but I think Duke Johnson is more electric than Daryl Williams. It's just, I think that there's too many teams out there that have that role. I mean, why not? I, mean, I know yeah, you're, I know you're a big Tevin Coleman guy, but I mean, why can't he go to another crappy situation, go to the jets, you know what I mean? And at least have an option. It's sure. just, I, I don't, I don't understand. I know, I know running backs are dime a dozen now and they're very, you know, overused in the NFL. Like they, there's just so many that they really don't care. They're not dedicated to anybody unless you're one of the big names, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine that there is what 32 teams and three guys on each team that there's a hundred guys out there on rosters that are better than Duke Johnson. Agreed. And I think that's why Atlanta was the pick for me. And then they go and draft, they go and draft Hawkins. And I'm like, that's Duke Johnson's like clone. Like why, why wouldn't you go? Uh, Whatever. I don't get it. Oh man. This is why we should be GMs. You know, I, I know I would do very well. Give me three years. I'll win a Super Bowl. Damn it. Whoa. I'm telling you.
I'm telling you, the, the confidence is high over here. <laughs> the force is strong in this one. <laughs> I've had a couple beers, man. It's settling That's right. in. That's you all know, right. It's settling in nicely, man. Liquid courage. You got it. That's right. It happens all the time. <laughs> Golden Tate, does he find a home? Let's finish it off on this guy, man. Golden Tate. I, I think he's another guy that kind of gets underutilized at times. But I just go back to that last statement I just made. I don't think that there's a hundred receivers out there that are all better than Golden Tate. I think, hey, honestly, you look at all 32 wide receivers that New England signed. I'd rather have Golden Tate. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, see that I was looking at teams. I, I literally I saw Golden Tate's name. I just did a quick run of, of remaining free agents for the offense. And I see Golden Tate's name and I start running through all these teams. Do you know how difficult it is to find a spot for a slot receiver on these teams right now? It's literally New England, Las Vegas, and and there was one more in there, and I can't even remember now. But, I mean, it's literally that difficult to find a spot because there's so many wide receivers because the last two seasons now of, of draft, you've had a baller, like, loaded mm-hmm. rooms and, or loaded, loaded classes. And, I mean, now every single uh, team's room in the wide receiver room is just loaded. And you literally are struggling to say, Golden Tate, where do you go? Like, it, it's New cool. Orleans. He could go to New Orleans. Sure. Okay. Yeah, New I mean, all they have well. is Michael Thomas. Then you go Traquan Smith. I can't. I just can't anymore. I'm just saying, like, they, there's a room for <laughs> there's room for Golden Tate. You know what I mean? I mean? Like you said, there's not a whole lot of options, but there are other teams out there. I mean, could he go back to Seattle? He could. They I mean, a... what about Minnesota? Do you need him? I mean, no, I'm just saying, but I know, but <laughs> needed anywhere. <laughs> I don't think anybody's like going down their roster. He like has that. a we family, really man. Him. Don't do, he has a family? He's got to go home and see his kids, man. Come yeah, on. sorry, Golden. Ain't nobody wants you right now. I mean, <laughs> oh, if they man. did, you would be on a roster. And I, like I said, I think he deserves to be on a roster. Sure. I don't. I don't know if teams are gonna. I mean, I think their teams nowadays are just content with paying those super low rookie contracts on guys that they draft in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds, and that they're just straying away from the vets because they're going to get the same production anyway. And if they don't care about the veteran presence in the locker room, they'll just pay less money. Yeah. You know, this is, this show is going to be called the poor bastard because I'm poor bastards. We're just, we're just talking about a bunch of dudes who used to be good that we liked. And and now they're just sitting on the couch waiting for their phone to ring. Yeah. But Hey, uh, on the other hand, our, our boy Leonard Fournette is still employed. Oh, he is a see? Super Bowl champion, and he is projected to be the starting running back in Tampa Bay. So see? we live. Why don't you all listen to me? <laughs> we <man>? live. <laughs> House has the magic ball, man. Hey, need upside, man. This one for you. Suck it, man. Suck, Suck it. it. <laughs> Leonard Fournette for life, baby. That's right. Oh, I love it. I that's love awesome. It. That's all I got, buddy, man. That's that's the show for me. Perfect. Well, I mean, dude, this is two weeks in a row now. I know, right? I mean, it feels, it feels good, right? It's it's part of the routine now. It's not. Nice. I didn't get to air a grievance. Oh, frick, man! You know what? My new my grievance this week is that you continually forget to give me time oh, to air a grievance. You know what? <laughs> I'll just do this for you. <laughs> Are you a moron? I am that moron. You I know am why? that moron. Because I don't let Jake do grievances, airing of grievances on the beginning of the show. So I'm calling myself the moron. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I was like, dang, it happened again. And not that I had anything to really air. I'm just like, you know. You know what? To be fair, it's a special thing. We, we only segment it when it is very, ne- very much needed. I have one grievance I can give. Yeah. 
Should I throw it in here or should yeah. I save it for next week when you forget? Save it for next week. I'll, I'll do. I'll, oh God, I'll I'm going to have to remember it. Yeah. Make I, it I, I, I'll put it in my calendar. Hold All on. right. Perfect. Remind me. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. So we'll close this one out, man. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Jake on Twitter at FNTSY headliners to all the listeners. Thank you for all the support. And on behalf of Jake, as always, thanks for listening until next time. Stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.